Welcome back, folks, to Super One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a Beethoven boy, and a man who keeps making the mistake of looking at gruesome things while eating his dinner, Dan Masters, with <laughs> my good friend, the president and founder of the Leon Dreisaitl fan club, and a political power mover. We'll have you human. Well, how you doing? I'm, I'm dying, to be honest, Dan. I'm, I'm living on a two hours sleep as we speak. So expect the takes to be uh, sleep-deprived and fiery. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> Yeah, I did notice that you're, while your baby's taken to sleep rather well, your eldest daughter has now decided that sleep is not for her. Well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give the the baby too much credit. I mean, she wasn't okay. exactly, she wasn't exactly fucking. I don't know who's a famous sleeper, but fucking whoever, she she was she wasn't sleeping loads. But yeah, the main issue was the big one being like, you, do, do you know what? Nah, I'm not. I don't have to go back to bed. I'm not fucking doing that. And it's, it's one of those hard situations as a parent, not to turn this into a, a sister podcast of, of Two Brits, One Park, but where, like, when your kid does something that's really naughty, but it's like, that's fucking funny as fuck. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, when they're, when they're talking back to you and you're like, that's too fucking funny. Like, I don't just... You do, <laughs> if you tell a three-year-old, no, you have to go to bed, she's just, uh, no. How do you not, how do you not wet yourself? Because that's hilarious. No, I do the same. I do the same. Bizarrely, as people would be stunned to learn in this house, is that my daughter can be rather the uh, the little dickhead when it comes to answering back and stuff like that. <laughs> she takes. I wonder who she takes takes after. But yeah, if, if she says something that's very yeah, if she says something that's cutting and uh, kind of degrading to me or my wife, I have a very hard time sometimes not just laughing at it. Because you always got to, you've almost got to applaud it. Like, oh, well done! That was really good. That was really good and very quick. I'm very proud of you. Well done. It's it's like a I I wish I had the the ability to get away with that in my own life. Quite frankly, <laughs> yeah. Um, you, to... Just a, yeah, people in power, positions of power above you. Have you finished that report yet? No, and I'm not gonna. Okay, so just deal with that. <laughs> yeah, and, and knowing and knowing there's ultimately going to be very, very any consequences are going to be fleeting at best because because yeah. she's three. I'm fucking what I'm going to hold a week long grudge just because she didn't go back to bed. Yeah, and I'm too, tired yes, to, I'm too tired to care. You're too tired to care as well. That's the thing. This is it. You're almost delirious. Let's uh, let's get on to hockey news. Very very rare that we get the chance to be one of the first podcasts to talk about something that happened in the NHL. What with us living in this stupid time zone that we do, and I can admit it, you know, we invented, we invented <laughs> yeah, time gonna, basically. But we live in the time zone, mate. Like, don't we're in the we in, time zone. We live in the mean time. Yeah, the, the mean, mean time zone. GMT, baby. We fucking own this time zone shit. But Detroit, Nashville last night, ref caught on a mic <laughs> saying it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville earlier in the. And I'm, and I'm clear. I'm pretty sure he said game or period or something like that. But two quick, two quick things out of this before, because I know you fucking love this. Two quick things from me out of this. Number one is we've known this for the longest time. The, the NHL officiating is a fucking joke and has been for ages and ages since we started this show. Missed calls, fucking offside reviews that are bullshit, goal interference that doesn't make any sense. The second thing is why are people so surprised? Really, I mean, why? You know, what what did we think was happening here? We've just we've just now got somebody admitting to what we've known for forever. But it is great; it's great to hear it. I think I think the surprising thing is like how flagrant it is. 
Because it's one thing to think that, oh, yeah, internally, refs are keeping a check or whatever. And thinking, oh, all right, I've given, you know, given three to Detroit, Nashville, do the next one, or whatever way around it is. Or, you know, oh, going into a game, oh, fucking hell, I proper hate Zach Cassian. I want to get him, I want to calm him down by giving him a two minute early. But to actually, like, vocalise, talking to... Because there's a bit in the in the clip where one of the linesmen's oh, I assume the other referee, says, yeah, I know, when, when he's saying, when whoever it is, either Tim Peel or the other guy, it's probably fucking Tim Peel, isn't it? Come on. <laughs> is, yeah. is, this, is, this has got Tim Peel written all over it. But, the, yeah, the other, the other ref says, oh, yeah, I know, in reference to I wanted to get, get Nashville with a penalty. And yes, the fact that it's it's actually discussed and like, it makes it feel like it's far more premeditated than just individual referees, quote unquote, managing the game on their own power. This feels much more sinister and like fucking conspiracy to penalise. It's like we've known it forever, but now somebody's actually said it. Now we can actually point to something and say, okay, here's why your officiating is fucking useless. And how many times do we say about the playoffs where all of a sudden slashing, interference, penalties like that don't seem to exist in the playoffs anymore? They just don't happen. And we must, we've said, we said last season, do the league officials get mandated? Do they get told, you know what, just, you know what, just calm down. Unless some guy runs on with a fucking poker and starts stabbing people, don't worry about it, guys. Just, you know, <laughs> the odd two minute are here or there. And it's it's the case of... How many times a penalty? Sorry, runs on with a poker, which he took from one of the many grand fireplaces at NHL arenas around the country. I don't know why it was the first thing I thought of. It was either, you know, what's worse as well. It was either poker or a scythe. That was the second. That was the second thing I thought of. I've just been out in the fields tilling. Yeah, if, if you if you're playing if you're playing in Ottawa, I suppose I can understand the scythe because you would yeah. need to cut around all the. Or the wilderness around the arena to get there, but a poker <laughs> I feel is, is far more far fetched. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying though. <laughs> and how many times have we seen that there's like missed calls when it's there's like a minute left in the third or something in OT, and you just know, you just know the refs don't want to fucking call that. <clears throat> the refs don't want to call the penalty because they don't want to be the ones who seemingly decided the game. And there's been some absolutely brutal, brutal penalties missed in playoff games over the past few years. I was going to say, it's the mad duality of it as well. That it, So it seems like, on one hand, you've got refs who apparently think they're the star of the show and, and want to run the game, want to manage the game and that. And then, like you say, when it actually comes to key moments in the game that would that would require you know, intervention from a superstar referee that we've all paid our entrance fee to go and see... That's when they put the whistles away. It's, it's fucking. It's like they want their cake and eat it too, isn't it? I, I do wonder, you know, because there's obviously the 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 basketball controversy years ago, where there was a game. I'm fairly sure it was involving the Lakers, and after the game, people were saying, "Okay, I'm sure these refs now are actually betting on this game because it it got ridiculous," and I've wondered that for the longest time. There is this because you can you can directly out you can directly change the outcome of the game now you could i wouldn't now if i was saying if i was a smart referee and i wanted to do this deviously i'm not going to do it in the case of who's going to win the game but i might do it for something like penalties in the first period 
or something like that because you're not going to care. People aren't going to... If the game finishes 4-2, 4-3, 6-9, fucking whatever, you're not going to remember in the first period that there were like three two-minute penalties or something like that because you just at that point, you don't care. The game, that part's gone. You've forgotten about it. And I've always wondered, because of this, because some of them have been so blatant and so, you know, how did you not see this? How, and every, you know, it's the case of thing like 20,000 people in the arena are standing up saying, what's going on? And the one guy in the stripes is kind of blind for some reason. And I just wonder if there's something else afoot here maybe that needs to be looked into. And maybe that's my, you know, that's my conspiracy head, but something that, like you say, to be caught saying something that blatant should raise a lot more questions other than just... Well, sometimes the officials want to even it out, in my opinion. Well, on on the gambling front, someone was making a good point on Twitter last night, well, early this morning, about how, you know, in con- in contrast to a lot of people saying, "Oh, what does it matter?" Like we all knew this was happening anyway. People were making the point of, well, if we're stepping into a time period where the league wants to align itself with sports betting and gambling, if you're having an element of the game that is fixed by those who are meant to be governing it, or not not fixed necessarily in the sense that you know Wes McCauley sits down before the game and is like, right, I'm going to have a high sticking at four minutes into the first, I'm going to have a boarding at eight minutes left in the second. Like, but if the referees are out there deciding when to and not to give penalties, that, that has got to equate to some element of match fixing. Or at least controlling the game that then makes gambling and wagering on the game unfair or dishonest or however you want to however you want to describe it. It's not, yeah, because because at what point when does it go from? I I don't even know what fucking penalty was. Was it like a trip or something? Was it on Victor Robertson? I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't it? Doesn't doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't fucking matter. But at what point does it go from a two minute minor to send a message to a team that? Fucking who knows why that ref wanted to give Nashville, Nashville a penalty. When did it go from giving a two-minute minor to suddenly it's like, <laughs> potentially bad example, but, oh, Tom Wilson's in the game. I'm going to give him a main a game misconduct. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and kick him in the second period. Like it's a, it's a slippery slope, especially when we've now got evidence of just how blatant this attitude to controlling the game is amongst some, potentially some, most likely all, referees in hockey around the world and as we all know there is a if there's money to be made people are going to be sometimes doing nefarious things aren't they to uh to get that money shall we say i I can't think of any high profile cases in any sports where match fixing and gambling have gone hand in hand yeah i can't think of anything nothing definitely not any that have had massive repercussions to sports leagues that arguably have never recovered (laughs) You might be right. Can't think uh, of that. No, yeah, and of course, of course, the NHL is going to uh, going to be looking into it. Going to be looking into it, aren't they? I can't wait. I can't fucking wait for this fucking. Like I put on I Twitter this morning, Bill Daly's just going to come out and say, "Yeah, the league finds this totally uh, unacceptable and irresponsible." And to be sure, this doesn't happen again. Uh, no more microphones. That's it. They're, that's they're one, actually going to address the issue. It. Yeah, they're just going to get rid of the microphones. So you can't hear anything. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be like the PA announcer announces penalties and stuff now. <laughs> it, it is. Is. Like by this time next week we are, are gonna have forgotten about this because nothing will have happened and we'll be on to the next thing. 
something something much more minor than this, but it will be the new thing, so we will all forget. It is that it is that just when hockey seems to have this ability to Paul Campbell tweeted this. Paul Campbell tweeted out yesterday about goals going in that it's not always somebody to blame on the goal, and I responded saying, "Yeah, but moaning about hockey is one of my favourite things to do." And he and he put, "Yeah, don't worry about that. There's going to be still stuff to moan about, just maybe not in the game. Fucking next day, <laughs> like that night, <laughs> that night, there's something happens. The NHL has this ability where." It seemingly goes quiet for a couple of weeks and then something happens and we all go, oh yeah, yeah, that's hockey. That's hockey for you. And just, here's the next thing. Just add it to the list. And you're right. In a few weeks, no one's going to care because hockey is just a dirty little secret in the sports world, even in even in North America, even in North America. And I'll I, you can actually track how little people care about hockey, which, I'll, which I will bring up in a minute. But you're right. In a few <laughs> weeks, something's going to happen. Something else. They'll just be someone will score a goal between the legs tonight, and that's it. Everyone will have forgotten about this. Like the next day. Oh my god! Yeah. Like is Luke David playing tonight? Probably. So that'll be. He'll do something mad, and and that'll be it. It'll be it'll be an OT, and it'll be like, oh my god, McKinnon just went two hundred foot. Oh, what a goal! That's it. That's it. Forget the officiating thing. Don't worry about it. The officiating's terrible. Has been for years. Maybe they're gambling on it. Maybe they're trying to affect the game in some way. But ah, whatever. Doesn't matter. Look at the, it's like a, it's like Mark McGuire in The Simpsons when he turns up because Bart reckons that Major League Baseball is like in a, in a conspiracy. Is that okay, Who guys? To see me hit some diggers. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's all it is. Bill Daly's going to rock up for this press conference about the league officiate, and he's going to say, "All right, guys, now how about this? Let's watch this ten-minute video of Mike Kemrick's greatest calls. How about that?" And at the end, everyone goes, oh, that was amazing. Okay, guys, thanks for coming out. See you later. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, what were we here for again? Oh, I can't remember. Do you remember that was, that was great calls, though, by Doc? Oh, what a guy. And that's what's going to happen. I, th- I think it really comes down to a combination of what you were saying about general wider sports world ambivalence to hockey. Because like, if this was happening in, in footy, in the NFL, in, in the NBA, whatever it might be, a, a more higher profile sport, this would be front and back page, left, right and centre. But it's, it's a combination of the fact that it's not going to be picked up by other sports journalists, and the fact that and and the initial reaction from hockey fans themselves, which you said off the top, Dan, like, yeah, we knew this was happening. Who gives a shit? Like we're so conditioned to the incompetency of the NHL at large in a variety of situations and aspects of the game that any new information that comes out about it or new scandals just supports already held opinions so it's like all right yeah i knew that don't don't fucking yeah the nhl the nhl and nhl fans are the most absolute stockholm syndromed fans on the planet yes like there's there's no question there is absolutely no question in my mind that that is true because i i follow lots of sports I, i i'm a sports fan and i've become more of a sports fan rather than just a team fan and i still have my teams like i said before but I now follow sports more. So I will go on baseball Twitter. I'll go on basketball Twitter. I'll go on cricket Twitter now and again and all that kind of shit. There are no fans, not even footy fans, not even footy fans. Yes, there are footy fans who are complete fucking idiots and homers, but NHL fans, without question, are the most Stockholm syndrome fans of any sport on the planet. And it's even worse when it's like it's their team. It's it's even worse. And We've just been conditioned that the NHL's a bad league. It's run terribly. They don't really do the right things. Officiating's fucking shite. Rule changes are weird. 
they kind of mess about with things all the time for no for seemingly no good reason. When they do try and do something, it always goes a bit wrong or it goes a bit crazy, and we just accept it. I accept it. I'm no better. I am no better than anyone else because I'm an NHL fan. Will's an NHL fan. We're no better than any of you people listening right now. We're all as bad as each other. But hey, let's sink on this ship together, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fucking it. Like, I, don't, I don't know if you've heard about uh, in 2004, they, uh, cancel, or 2005 rather, they cancelled an entire season. And then for the start of the next season... It was like nothing had happened. Everyone was like, the next episode of The Simpsons, we were all back to normal. Everybody was back where they should, where they should be. And there were no consequences whatsoever. And they cancelled the, they canceled the season, you say? Did they? So I've heard, apparently. God, yeah. I, yeah, that must have slipped me by. I didn't even... Doesn't, doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it, no. Doesn't doesn't ring any bells. And I, I was going to bring this up later, but it kind of it's a good way to segue into this quick little point. But the NFL also signed their new media deal this week. And I'm only bringing this up because we spoke about the NHL deal last week. And just for comparison, just for comparison, people are getting all excited because of what the NHL deal is worth. The NFL deal is worth over $10 billion per year. $10 billion. With a B. A B. A capital, a big capital B. Well, $10 billion. $10 billion. With a cap, ten billion bollocks with a capital B. Well, there's an easy way to track the difference between millions and billions, and I know people are Go thinking on. the NHL deal's really good. Is it? Is it? And I know people are gonna. This is the thing about Batman. Oh, he ushered in this new era. He got this money. Blah blah blah. As I mentioned last week. World Wrestling Entertainment is in the fucking shithouse. It's terrible. Their ratings are terrible. They got a billion dollar TV deal because companies want content. That's all they care about. NFL is king. I understand that. But $10 billion per year? There's an easy way, Will, to mark the difference between a million and a billion. If you counted, if you started counting now, and I said to you, count to a, count to a million, and you counted just in seconds, normal seconds, not fast or slow, anything like that, it would take you just over 11 days to count to a million. A million seconds, roughly, wouldn't it? A million seconds, yeah. If I said to you to count to a billion, it would take you over 33 years. That's the difference between a million and a billion. 11 days, 33 years. Therefore, the difference between the NHL TV deal and the NFL deal is fucking gigantic. Patrick Mahomes signs a deal for $500 million. I get it. It's not all guaranteed. There's like bonuses and other things in there and all that kind of stuff. But he signs a deal for $500 million. That now looks like a great deal. Meanwhile, NHL teams are looking at their fucking cap going, I don't know. We need this third line checking forward, but he makes $2 million. Like, what the fuck? How are we going to fit that in? Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? This is a bit of a facetious point. But I, there's a little bit of of, of of genuine meaning and like sincerity in there. Like, yeah, the NHL is like an 82 game season as opposed to a 16 game season plus playoffs, obviously for 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 the play for the NFL. Yeah, and like I said, I know it's a much bigger sport and has a much bigger draw potentially because it's such a, a shorter season. But like, if you're talking about content, and you know, content is king, as you say with the WWE. You're getting you're getting twelve hundred NHL games a season potentially you know, if you if you bought the rights to to everything, and ESPN have done that with the American rights to NHL TV. 
versus uh, oh, I don't know what the fucking maths is for the for the NFL, but like a hundred, let's say a hundred and hundred and forty fucking where how significantly less than one thousand two hundred games a season. <laughs> yeah. That just brings it even into even more of a stark contrast. So on, like on a per game basis, the NFL is getting an insane amount compared to compared to the NHL. I'm fairly sure. I'm fairly sure. Per game, per season, each team gets forty million dollars as part of the new TV deal. That's per game, per season. So over the course of I think it's eleven years or so, or ten years, I think. Fucking, each team in the league is going to get like. League, mate. That's half 40. of an NHL team salary cap. In for one week. game. For one game. <laughs> just, just, and that's disregarding ticket sales, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. All that just shit. From being, just from being on the box, you could pay for fucking... You could you could give Milan Lucic another free agent contract and it wouldn't matter <laughs> next week. You could, you could have got like the holy trinity of, of Andrew Ladd, Louis Erickson and Milan Lucic. And it wouldn't have mattered by the end of the month. Yeah. All well, the next off. week. The next week. <laughs> but no, well, they were halfway, like, th- halfway they, through the week. 30, yeah, because they, well, they were 36 million each for like seven years, weren't they? Or six years each or whatever. Oh, I see what you mean. So I was looking at that so, yearly yeah, so value. Yeah, you mean yeah, over no, no, the course no. of the, their but, entire contract. Yeah, you could you could have done the entire thing by the end of the month. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, could have wiped, you could have wiped it off the books before, before fucking July was up, before... Fucking college before you could even start signing college free agents after July first. <laughs> oh mate, it's a it's a joke. It's ridiculous. If you look at the yearly values for those players, it was like it was like six, six, and I think it was six, wasn't it? Yeah, I you think, could have. Yeah, I think they were all flat six. Yeah, you could have signed them all on Sunday, and then by Wednesday have gone. Ah, forget it. We'll just cut them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We've already made our money back. Fuck it. We're two million up. Don't worry about it. Let's buy them out. Who cares? Yeah. I've, I've actually made a terrible mistake. Let's get rid of them. And, and again, bad, it's, you know, like we say, the, we, know, we know the NFL is king, but that's why the NHL can get away with bullshit like this. That's why it can get away with all this crap. Tom Brady lets out a fucking, a gnat's breath of air out of a football, allegedly, and it's in the news for 18 months. 18 months. Think of all the fucking bullshit things that have happened in the NHL in the past 18 months. And the week after, just whatever. Whatever. Who cares? This is the thing I can remember more about Deflategate than I can anything that's happened in the NHL for the past 18 months, let alone the controversies. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, anything that's happened in the past two months, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. But Matt's, you know... That's the life we lead. I, that's the life we lead. I, uh, I fear is uh, yeah. We just we just move on to the next thing. And but, how? Like I, I don't, don't think the NHL is ever going to make the gap. It's never going to make the gap back up. No, never. When you when you never. think obviously it was never on par with the NFL, but like it was on par with the NBA in the nineties. For whatever reason, like it's they've gone such such different ways, and there is such a such a discrepancy. In like league value or however you want to determine the difference, like you know, TV deals, franchise values, whatever it is, is fucking baseball. Baseball are signing players to ten-year, three hundred million dollar contracts, and they're talking about a crisis. They're, to- 
they're talking yeah. like they're going cap in hand to people in the street. Hello, I work for Major League Baseball. Could you spare me a few pennies, please? Just a couple no. of coppers for me, my lad. Yeah, I need to pay this pitcher. He, he's now making $70 million a year. Please help me. And the NHL is just still lagging back. Like we said before, we did a we mentioned some stats. I think it was last season talking about comparable contracts. And NHL contracts have not changed in ten years. Not since I think I think it was Yager when like Yager was the highest paid player or somebody like that. Yeah, and, I think Yager's contract with the Rangers was like two million less than McDavid's, McDavid's is, now. is now. Yeah. Meanwhile, all the other contracts have just absolutely exploded. And that's and that's yeah. why the NHL can get away with just being shit at stuff like officiating and stuff like that because they have nobody to answer to, nobody, and, and nothing's gonna change. Nothing's gonna change because they've just got this, you know, all this extra money that, of course, won't go to the players because the players have to pay for everything because it's not fair. It's it's like if there was a, a match fixing scandal in your local Sunday league. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. No, all right, cool. You know what it is. Sorry you know what it is. Sorry to hear about that. I don't know if you. I don't know if you played like you know like under tens, under elevens footy when you were a kid. But the ref was never an assigned ref. The ref was just one of the dads of the kids who was playing. <laughs> so you just get if you played away, you're always going to get dodgy decisions because the home team has the ref. <laughs> so that's that's all it is. That's all it is. What a, what a world! What a, what a wonderful league we we follow. <laughs> oh God. It's so bad. It's so bad. All right, let's start the show. All right, if you insist. Support for Two Brits, One Puck is brought to you by Manscaped. Use the code BRITS for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide have joined Manscaped. They have launched in the UK. Uh, We've gone for years without using the right tools. Dating season will be upon us, but more importantly now, hot season will be upon us. You know what that means? Yeah, I'm going to say it, folks. I'm sorry. I've got to say it. It's going to get a bit sticky down there. It's going to get a bit pongy. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. And when you get the lawnmower 3.0, they send you ball toner, ball deodorant, so it will smell Good. You do not want, as it, like we say about having sort of unsightliness down there and hairs down there. Don't forget the smells either. I'm gonna go there. I gotta go there. You know what I'm like. This uh, this premium product will absolutely serve you right. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. There's a light on it. You can use it in the shower, which is one of the best things ever. There's a 7,000 RPM motor. There's a charging stand. You also get a t-shirt with it. You get some free undies with it. This is a seriously, seriously, seriously good product. You should experience it for yourself. 20% off, free shipping with the code BRIT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BRIT at manscaped.com. And of course, also sponsored by Wevintel, Jason and his team of stat badgers who live in his basement have been hard at work all season, guiding us through with easy-to-read data and more charts than a NASA maths book. It's all super easy to check out, super easy to read, super easy to understand. So go and have a look. Wevintel, online and on Twitter, being smart so you don't have to. Also check out Three Man and Their Babies podcast at men underscore babies on Twitter. And we're on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Smart Speakers, anywhere else you can listen. Any podcast provider, we are on there. Leave us a nice review. It helps a lot. And tell a friend if you like us. And even tell them if you don't. 
Your first stars of the week this week are Callie Yarncroc, who is the Predator's top performing centre. Yes, really. And Dr. Alex... Oh my god, these names. I'm always terrible. I'm so sorry. Why don't Do- you practice them? Practice them. Like, just, always- you, you just Google it and bring it up like, straight before we start recording. Like, ah, I'll be fine. It'll be it'll be Alex Smith or something. You know, we're not we don't live in a multicultural society nowadays, like it's <laughs> it'll be fine. Their their name's probably just Don. <laughs> Because, Will, I don't fucking get paid for this, okay? <laughs> I don't get paid. Like, I have a job and a family and stuff to do. And I'm now fucking redoing a kitchen, okay? So I just put stuff on my run sheet and go, <laughs> yeah, right. that'll do. You can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't use that. You can't use that. You've, you've done that yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's a fair point. Dr. Alex Jahangir is an orthopedic trauma surgeon and professor of orthopedic surgery at VUMC, where he serves as the director of the Division of Orthopedic Trauma, as well as executive medical director of the Vanderbilt Center for Trauma Burn and Emergency Surgery. Dr. Alex, you are a legend. Big up. Big up, Dr. Alex. We love you. A quick one. Did you see Blake Blake Wheeler chucking the puck into the stands after the game the other night? No, I didn't. What's that all about? (laughs) So the game, the game finished. I'm pretty sure they were playing Vancouver. He, uh, the game finished. They lost. He picks up the puck, fucking launches it into the stands, and he got a game misconduct for it. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> maybe, maybe they've snidely brought back those pucks with the chips in. So it's like, no, nah, you can't, can't do that, mate. That's 150 quid right there. Yeah, it's gonna come out. It's gonna come out of his wages. Fucking but, giving but, him a game misconduct. That's so like, I mean, fuck's sake. Have they, have they even got fans in the stands? No. <laughs> That's the point. because <laughs> uh, you can't do that on, on Hockey Night in Canada. How can you ask that question, Will? Did they have fans in the stands? I think it would have made more news if he'd launched a puck into the stands at fans. <laughs> like, fucking discussed it in there. <laughs> I d- did we not just do, like, a 20-minute discussion about how nothing in the NHL gets in the news? All right, because... right. Fair point. I, I keep applying logic. And I'm hoisted my by your own petards. Yep, I keep applying logic. Is, That's my own didn't, mistake. Didn't Brent Burns get a game misconduct? Or like you got an unsportsman like penalty a couple of years ago because he didn't like pick the puck up for a ref or something like that. I swear, I swear did he? that happened. No or like way. he he tried to flip it to the ref and it didn't. Or like he didn't. He was messing with it and didn't flip it to the ref or something. <laughs> Brent, pass me the puck. No. Pass me the puck. No. All right, game misconduct. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> All right. Oh, gonna gonna play silly buggers, are we? Yeah. See, I'll show you. See who's where the that boss. gets you. Fucking hell. Oh, poor. Really I'd me. say poor. Poor Blake Wheeler, but fucking. Well, what's the point of giving him a game misconduct at the end of the game? I don't fuck it. Maybe. We just talked about this. You see, now I can say it to you. We just talked about this, Will. Maybe one of the refs had a fucking $500 parlay on somebody scoring oh, a goal and a game misconduct. Fucking yes. You know He's it. just waiting, waiting for it. He's just waiting for the simplest little thing. I bet the ref was fucking um, going at Blake Wheeler whole game as well. Have you scored yet, Blake? No. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to score. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Blake, you can't be doing that. And it's just like, just digging at him. Just digging at him the whole game till Wheeler loses his cool. Because he knows he's then going to get to give him a game misconduct. <laughs> he, he, he just says, oh, I bet you couldn't, couldn't hit the, you know, row H or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Bet you couldn't get out of the lower bowl. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What you, what you doing there, son? <laughs> I bet you $10 you can't hit that sign there <laughs> as he launches it. What are you doing, Blake? That's disgraceful. <laughs> oh, did I say ten dollars? I meant ten minutes. Get in there. <laughs> yeah. Did he? Did he have to? Did he have to sit ten minutes? 
while everyone else got off and got showered and shit. Yeah, yeah, he missed, he missed the bus. He, he, he went to the box. <laughs> He's just sitting there in the dark. Ever like turn the lights off, the organ player's gone home. All that shit. <laughs> just, just one, one fucking cleaner mopping up the stands. <laughs> <laughs> like buffing buffing the rubber mark out of one of the seats and like glancing over and glaring at him every now and again Blake's like I'll turn the lights off when I leave like, cheers Blake see you mate <laughs> see you tomorrow like, <laughs> when I've, I've, I've put the latch on so when it shuts it's going to lock don't worry about, it. <laughs> about that have you got your keys, Blake? Don't forget your keys. All right, yeah, I will. Don't worry, I got it. I'll get it. <laughs> oh, dearie me, dearie me. I uh, Tyson Barry was um, popped up on my Twitter feed this week as having the second most points in the NHL for defensemen, and because the the, the the narrative will be that he gives the puck to Connor McDavid behind his own goal, McDavid goes two hundred foot, and Barry gets a primary assist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. you have evidence to the contrary? No, no. Well, <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing. I wanted to check and and to talk about a kind of a player's not redemption, but how a how a player has to bet on themselves sometimes, turn the narrative around that you're actually a because the thing with Tyson Barry was was that when the Leafs made that deal last year and they gave away Kadri for Barry, it didn't seem like that bad a deal because Tyson Barry was good in Colorado and Colorado were kind of, okay, we don't need him because we've got Kale McCarr, so we can afford to let him go. We get a piece that we want for our offense to give our top six even more depth or even our top nine. And it seemed like a good deal for both teams. But of course, he goes to Toronto and just, you know, he just shits the bed completely, doesn't work out, he can't handle it, doesn't like it. So he goes to Edmonton and takes a one-year deal. He's got... Uh, four goals and 26 assists. Out of If you'd have said to me how many of assists came from McDyseidel, I would have said, because I can't keep saying McDavid and Dreisaitl, how many of assists came from McDyseidel? I would have said like 22, 23. Only half of his assists have come on their goals. So he's actually, he is actually performing and playing well with other players as well. He's not just, you know, he's not just assisting them. And I think yeah, it's but it is, it is 17 secondary assists, which I, I understand is, is not as, you know, I, I think a secondary assist can still add value, like relative to the situation. I think providing the pre-assist, as you could call it, is still a very important thing, especially as a deep man. You've got to be able to make that good first pass, get out of the zone, yada yada yada, free up a forward to then then create some magic in in the in the O zone. But still, fucking seventeen secondary assists—that's pretty uh, pretty beefy, especially for like a. Uh, "Quote unquote offensive defenseman," you'd imagine Barry would be more in the mix. A power play quarterback, shall we say, is what he's. Yeah, yeah. Com- comparing to a, to some legitimately good defensemen such as Quinn Hughes and, and Victor Hedman, who sandwich him on the on the points board. Uh, Hedman's got seventeen out of uh, out of twenty seven a primary, and uh, Hughes has fifteen out of twenty six a primary. So, like, it's not it's not impossible. Do you know what I mean? No, <clears throat> excuse me. But the the kind of the kind of point I was getting to was that he's absolutely now going to play himself into a, a contract, oh, and I believe doubt. a contract that we're going to go. Ah, oh, okay. Ooh, I'm not sure about that because all that GM, like we said before, we don't think GMs understand what natural stat trick or hockey reference or anything else or cap friendly is. We just think you know they just kind of look at points and go, no way. He's like second in the league for points among defensemen, so he must be really good. Fair play to the guy. And maybe there was only a year deal on offer, but to go to Edmonton on a year deal, 
gamble on yourself because it is a gamble on you taking a year deal. It really is. You know, you got to hope that you can actually do something then to then earn that second bite of the uh, bite of the cherry. But I think he deserves a little bit. I think he definitely deserves a little bit of credit. I think he's actually sort of pulled it around and okay. I get you saying seventeen secondary assists. You do need to have that guy who can make that pass to create space for the next pass That's, and so on and so yeah. on. So. It's it's not like every Oilers defenseman is sitting on thirty points right now, and and to be fair to Barry, like last year in Toronto, it's not like he was playing for for fucking Buffalo or Minnesota or or, or yeah, you know, they had superstar players who this season are proving they are definitely on the level of David and Drysdale, but maybe not quite as outlandish. But yeah, this something definitely seems to have clicked in Edmonton more than. Toronto, I think. Because I like to ask you these GM-type questions. What would you offer him? If Edmonton have the money, which I think they do this off-season, don't they? They actually do have a little bit of money to spend. What would you offer him? Here we go. <laughs> the, fa- the famous uh, the famous Everett Lowball. Here we go. <laughs> you go. Right. Uh, can you... Can you um, they do zero hours in the NHL, or is that against the <laughs> We'd like to offer um, you a temp contract, Tyson. <laughs> yeah, if, if you can just do like we've got a probationary period. Uh yeah. No, so what when's he when's he when's he thirty? Yeah, it's he's thirty in the summer. Like I to try and make it a bit more realistic, three years at four and a half, maybe, or because th- he's probably he's not gonna take three seven five again, especially if he carries on this pace. I wouldn't want to give him ideally I'd give him like two at four, but even fuck it. Jesus Christ, Chris Russell's on fucking $4 million this year. Yeah, I'd... Fuck uh, <laughs> me. Okay, now. Because what, what are they looking like next year for... Oh, yeah, Jesus. They're going to they're gonna have less... They're going to have, what, $26 million to sign 12 players next year. That ain't good. Yeah, and, and, and if you bring... If you do bring him back, like, all right, Adam, Adam Larson's a fucking UFA. What the fuck? You're going to have Nurse and Clefbaum, Nurse on 5, 6, and Clefbaum on 4, 7, 4, 3? 4.1. 4, 4, 4.2. 4.2. Yeah, 4.2. Say, yeah, like. yeah. And then Ethan Bear on 2. They're probably going to re sign Adam Larson. Like, fuck, imagine if, he, if they just let him go UFA. So Adam Larson's probably going to be looking at 4 or 5. That's You're going to lock in a top 4 of Darnell Nurse, Adam Larson, Tyson Barry, and. and Oscar Clefbottom for over $20 million. Now nah, you're right. Yeah, and like you say, they're going to have to find a lot of other players as well. I mean, although maybe they do what they did this year, which is just, okay, these players are all uh, kind of been bought out or you know something like that. Like this player hasn't worked at this team, so we can get him from the cheap or cheap free agent, stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I, I, think I, would ag- I would agree with you. Don't forget, they still got James Neal making $4.6 million a year. James Neal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think I, I think I agree with you. Uh, my my thought would have been th- yeah, three at four is like top end. I would want to go to. I think the hard thing is though, like on on paper, I'd say right, a healthy Oscar Clefbottom is a better all round player than Tyson Barry is. Oh yeah, for sure, I agree with that. But at the same time, like he ain't been doing it like Barry's done it this year, so <sighs> it's it's a and it's, it's a, a tricky. It's one. always that tricky thing because like he's playing well, so. Why wouldn't you just re-sign him? And like I said, I think that that one season in Toronto was just soured loads of people on him. And as I said, he was not a bad player in Col- he was a good player in Colorado. He was averaging over half a point a game, which is perfectly fine. 
And he was damn near close. He was damn near close to that in Toronto, considering you know it was considered to be such a disastrous season. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very odd one. It is really odd. I think the question the the question that you need to ask, like, yes, he's accumulated a, a lot of points, and yes, obviously, to to accumulate those points, you have to be involved in the offense. That's kind of the nature of points in that. But is he actually driving that offense at all? Like yeah, uh, as point. much as as much as we're saying, you know. Not every Oilers defenseman has fifty points at this point. Point, point, point. Brain point. But has he just been fortuitous that he has been able to stake his claim to to the offense that McDavid and Drysdale are, are running on their own anyway? Like if if Tyson Barry was anyone else, would it still be happening? And I think the answer is probably yes. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Could you I mean, could you put any could you put any half decent top four guy in there and the same thing would probably happen? Well, I mean that that's the thing. I I, I wonder if even if it if the same thing doesn't happen, McDavid and Drysdale will probably produce anyway because it didn't happen last year and they produced. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And yeah, there's been an uptick this year. Like McDavid's on an absolute fucking tear, but I I just think even even without Tyson Barry mopping up. I reckon. I reckon the offense is still coming. Like I don't. I don't necessarily think he contributes enough to put yourself in in a position, especially where you know you you want to try and get like Evan Bouchard in there at some point. They've got some Swedish kid coming up, I think, as well. Uh, Philip Broberg. They want to get in yeah. at some. Well, they should want to get in at some point. Yeah, you've got. Uh, ideally, you want to try and get something back for Tyson Barry, but maybe you just look at it and say, right, we got a bar- we got a great season, a bargain price for Tyson Barry. Lucky us. We didn't have to lose any assets for it. Yeah, we didn't gain anything by losing him, but what we gained was him, in theory, contributing to to a decent season. This is going to be, just looking at it quickly, this is going to be an interesting off-season for Edmonton, because for the longest time it was, we can't do anything, we've got no money, we can't sign anybody. We've all just got to dig in and hope for the best. And this season, they are going to have some money to spend. And it's going to be interesting to see if they fall into the same trap that they did, obviously, with the Teflon Don. Is Ken Holland going to be smart enough to... Because obviously him and Dave Tippett are getting plaudits right now for, I want to say, turning the team around. Again, I get it's the North Division and you've got the two two of the five best players in the world on your team. So you should be good. And you should have been good for for ages, but obviously they weren't. But... I'd be interested to see what they do. This is maybe my team to watch this off-season. I always have one. I'm not bother looking at Tampa anymore because it's just ridiculous. They'll just find some way to sneak out of it like they always do or some team will let them off the hook with a trade or something like they always do. But for the longest time, Edmonton was the, okay, we've got McDavid and Drysaddle, but we can't do anything else because we're so strapped because of the terrible contracts that Chiarelli signed. And I can't wait to see what they do this year. Are they going to fall into that same trap? All right. Here's, <laughs> Here we go. Here's a little one. Sorry, I've just been just been getting on hockey biz. Shout out to Micah. Yeah. Yeah, you're familiar with the old uh, with or without use for, for player evaluation and that? Absolutely. Uh, let's just say uh, 97 without Barry is far closer to the top right corner than he is with Barry. <laughs> no way. Still still good. Still good. I, I, I can't I can't read. So he's, he's looking at what? Um, roughly 2.7... Expected goals against per 60 with and uh, roughly like 3.4 expected goals for with. And then McDavid without Barry is like expected goals against 2.2 per 60 and expected goals for is 4 per 60. So um, No way. 
There you go. And and again, like um, Drysdale was better defensively without him. I think where's that? Where's that other twenty nine? We're at, yeah, oh Christ, loads better defensively without Barry. <laughs> not as not as good offensively, but he's well, he goes from two point four expected goals against per sixty without him up to three point four with him. So I do, I do like that this has turned into. Tyson Barry, second like highest point producer in the league. Into I mean, we're looking at one over like one million for a year, aren't we? Because he is not really helping his team at I all. Do, yeah, <laughs> he's. He, I mean, who who could have seen? Who could have seen it that he's the passenger? There you go. See, we're not we're we're not um, too proud on this show to admit that we've started down a certain path and we've had to turn around, set the path on fire, and start a new path which is that Tyson Barry deserves to be out of the league because he's dragging down two of the best players in the world. <laughs> couldn't couldn't the Red Star are proud to announce both uh, Tyson Barry and Jonathan Marshall so will be joining their squad for the 2022 <laughs> season. It's, it's mad looking at us with or without you because that entire top line is like leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the chart when they are off the when Barry isn't playing with them. No in, way. Yeah, much better offensively and defensively than anyone else. Oh, that's fabulous. That's fabulous. Fucking, <laughs> fucking mad. For for a player that is... Uh, this is just a 5-on-5, five 5-on-5, five, five five, just to clarify. But yeah, for, for a player that has that many points, like uh, for to, to have seemingly not... They're still positive. He's still They're still positive with him. But yeah, we're, them without him, very good. Uh, him without them, less good. <laughs> shall, shall we say? <laughs> kidding. Trending, trending towards the bad section of the graph. Who can no see way. Stunned. Yeah, that. Stunned. Right then, just quickly, just quickly, we said what we would give him. What do you think he gets? Oh, mate. If you ta- yes, I can absolutely see, I can absolutely see a five by five contract coming his way. I, I can see it. I, I, can, I can just see it. No, I can see him getting six mil. No way. Oh, five years, four really- years. It's it's hard to I I'd probably say four years at six, but it is kind of hard to judge this year. You're right. If if we're still giving credence to the idea that oh uh, COVID is gonna gonna fucking mess everyone up, yeah. If if Tyler Myers two years older than him got fucking four years at six mil from the Canucks, somebody's giving Tyson Barry. Well, let's hope Tyson Barry's got fucking season. Jacob Trouba's agent. Oh, <laughs> I hate that Jacob, contract so much. Jacob is better than Tyson Barry, isn't he? Isn't yes, he? but $8 million, Will. <laughs> How many times have I got to shout that into the microphone and put it in caps whenever I type it? $8 that's million. Dollars. That's cheaper than Jeff Skinner. So, but, what, do you, right. what, do you, what do you want? We're talking about the king. Jeff Skinner's king snake. Okay, he's not. he can't be brought up into any conversation. It's like mentioning Hitler or something. The conversation's dead <laughs> after that. You just forget just, it. Like, what are we doing? He just brought that up I'd, for no reason. I just get to the list of uh, NHL affiliated people that we've compared to Hitler. <laughs> All right, let's go off Tyson Barry quickly. For God's sake, we're going to keep going into this. <laughs> I do feel, I, I do feel that the the New York Rangers should be embarrassed after winning nine nil against the Philadelphia Flyers. And fucking um, David Quinn should be embarrassed because that was the game they played without any coaches. How is it nine nil after two? And then you don't score again the entire game. Everybody it, in the world wants ten. The, if, if you don't, if you don't know this, um, people at soccer games, as soon as a team starts to score five or six, there is a chant that starts, "We want ten. We want ten. How can you be at nine nil and not get to ten? 
I think they should be embarrassed. And off the back of that, do you think, and I'm going to go conspiracy again, I've got my tinfoil hat on today, do you think that there was any call from anybody in the Rangers organisation that said to the players, you know what, lads, we'll just ease off. Let's not make it too embarrassing. Oh, I, I definitely think whether whether it was from the coaching staff or, or whatever, like they, it's hockey. There's that ingrained thing of, well, you don't want to embarrass your your opponent. Well, there was that fucking Haley Wickenheiser thing last year, I think, whenever it was. Oh, what was it? Some some team was just banging in the goals. Oh, was it the was it the US soccer team? Oh, the women's footy team. Yeah, they beat Thailand yeah, yeah, or yeah. somebody like that, and they were <laughs> they were celebrating after every goal. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, disgraceful, how dare you? Like, yeah, of course, of, of course the third period runs around, it's like, right, we've already got nine, let's, we don't want to embarrass them, let's not be, let's tighten it up, let's make sure we get the shot out for fucking whoever it was in the net and yada, yada, yada. Let's tighten it up. <laughs> nine nil. Better keep it tight, boys. <laughs> you never, it's, it's the most dangerous lead in hockey. <laughs> it's the most dangerous lead in hockey, nine nil. You never know what could happen in the third period. <laughs> <laughs> that that's such a the whole that whole game like it's a mad enough scoreline as it is fucking nine nil that's that that goes without saying but yeah the fact that it happened when all of the rangers coaches were on covid protocol if it's fucking nuts it's fucking whether nuts. it's reactionary or not if i'm if i'm fucking jeff gorton i'm looking at that and be like quinny my man you've got to get in my office and fucking explain to me why you deserve a job because you've just so unless you win this next one nine nil ten nil like you've got to fucking explain it. It just it, it shows two things. It shows one how dumb this sport is and how fucking nuts it is. That genuinely on any night any team can beat any other team, and it's such a, like nine the parities like we've, yeah we've well, we talked about it before though. The parities bonkers. The score lines are bonkers. How how do how do the Flyers right lose nine nil? Then on a back-to-back, beat the Islanders, who are one of the best teams in the league and one of the most like soundly defensive structured teams in the league. How does that? How does that happen? That that shouldn't be possible. I generally don't think there's any other sport where that would be possible. And and the second thing is, is yeah, like you say, fucking Quinny boy, you better be careful there because Gordon's going to have him in and say, okay, so we're thinking about a ninety percent reduction in your wages uh, <laughs> because clearly like, you don't really do that much, do you? Ten percent for each uh, each goal that hour borderline dog team scored when you weren't working not only was he not working as you mentioned none of the coaching staff were working oh <laughs> it's impossible it's so stupid all of the fucking Zabinijad gets six points in a period <laughs> fucking what because I, I I don't even think it's necessarily you're not looking at whoever the Hartford Wolfpack coaching staff is that they called up to, to coach the game like you're not looking at them and saying oh there's our solution but you, I do think that you kind of have to look at the situation and be like, right, something... Yes, it's a freak occurrence, but you can still draw some sort of useful information from that kind of freak occurrence because it is so extreme. It's you are Yeah, you're right. How... how if, if, if it had been 2-1 or 1-0, you can say... You could say, you know what, it makes sense. It's, it's like, God, how many rookie goalies have gone in this year and won a game straight away? And the thought is, is that when players have a, a rookie goalie in net, they will work harder because they understand, well, they can't just leave like the back door open or they can't leave a lane free because the, it's a rookie goalie. He, like, he needs help. We have to work harder. We have to work smarter. 
So if it's 2-1 or 1-0 and the Rangers have got no coaching staff, you could almost say, well, yeah, it kind of makes sense because the players realised they had to put more of a shift in. But it was 9-0. And what does it say about the Flyers as well? You're, <laughs> you're, you're coaching a team against a team with, in theory, no coaches and no direction. And you let in nine goals? Fuck it, I don't know. It's just bizarre. And the only other thing was the reason why I believe that that they took their foot off the the brake, they took the foot off the um, the accelerator and didn't go for it was nine nil isn't good, but ten is exponentially worse than nine. It's not just worse. Ten is it's some weird magic number because that's, it's that's double, double digits. digits. You, yeah, you never see double digits like that in hockey or footy or you know games where there's sort of goals in that sense. Ten is so rare. And I think there's that kind of, like you say, it's it's the boys' club. Well, we better not score ten just in case. Just in case we play them again and they score ten on us, we better take kind of. It was like the baseball thing earlier in the year, wasn't it? Where was it? Fernando Tatis like blasted a fucking grand slam home run when the team was already up like nine nil, and everyone went mental. And he's like, I'm just I'm just hitting the ball. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, it's my job. It's my job. Yeah, I'm supposed to hit the ball far and get runs. Like, that's my job. And you're fucking giving me shit for it. And the idea was was that if it happened, if the two teams played again and now they were losing 9 0, well, the other team would show them some leniency. Fucking bunch of babies. Bunch of babies. Yeah, but if, if, that's, if that's the school of thought, like, what does it, what does it matter if a team's being lenient when they're already 9 0 up? It's <laughs> fucking 9 0. You have, you have let in nine goals and failed to score one. Yeah, bet. <laughs> Best case scenario, you carry on uh, as things are. It would be fucking eighty-one-nine by the time that you scored enough goals to time up. Like, it doesn't matter. They fucking stop you. You ain't going anywhere. I sp- it's like um, I think I've told this story before, but my dad had a friend. My dad's got a mate who's got thirteen kids. Oh, and I gosh. and I said, I said, right, okay, mate, I got two questions. I said, one, why? And he said, well, he said, the honest answer is, he says, my wife loves being pregnant and loves having babies. She loves bringing life into the world. She loves having babies. So that's why like, we like having kids. And, I, and the second thing I said was, why? And he said, well, <laughs> he said, well, he said, listen, he said, he said, once you've had four, there's no difference. And he said, trust me on that. He said, that might sound crazy. Once you've got four, you're already outnumbered. He said, so why not have five? Why not have six? Why not have 10? He said, that's it doesn't fucking, matter. That's a nonsense. That is an utter fucking nonsense. No, no. But no, but I think he's got I think he's got a point. Because it's not going to cost you any more money because you already have all the stuff there. He said, we don't buy new clothes. He said, the clothes just get handed down, handed down, handed down. Like, once we had three kids, we had everything we'd ever need. Yeah, but where, he said, because you, there's like... Where do you fucking put them? Where do you put 13 kids? You still well, he lives beds in that. You ain't, you ain't, you don't, you don't live in like an abandoned fucking hostel. You're like, I'll just grab a bunk, little Jim. Like, <laughs> grab a bunk, little Jim. And you, you got okay, them. sir. The tip of my cap. Thank you. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like, fucking. It's a, all right. Clothes on the back. Yes, useful. What are you? Are you? Are you distilling the baby shit back into formula? No, but he's the, the point he made was he said like he said all the things we buy. We just buy a little bit more. He said, we plan out all the meals for the week. He said, everything's... Take-. He said, our food bill's really not that high. He said, because there's no there's no waste. Like, we buy our food for the week and everything, that's what gets eaten. Everything's there. He said, even... He said stuff like formula and stuff. He said, you just go online and get loads of two-for-one offers and stuff like that. Nappies, all that kind of stuff. He said, once you know what you're doing, once you've... He said, once you've got... Like he said, yeah, if you go from two to ten, yeah, that's fucking insane. I get it. <laughs> 
But he said, like, once you've had five, well, why not have six? Because it doesn't make any difference. And he said, now I'm at the stage where he says, I've got, like, three teenage kids. He said, so now they're working, like, they're working side jobs and stuff. And they'll buy stuff now and again. And they'll chip in. And I'm like, fucking he's got it all figured out, this guy. <laughs> he's got it figured out. <laughs> no, no, he ain't. He ain't got it figured out. That's 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 a fucking... No offence to your dad's mate, because he's probably kicking the shit out of me. But he's full of fucking shit. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he didn't know what the fuck he's talking... You cannot tell me, like, even even if we're going small increments, because, because, yeah, five to six, all right, that's still another mouth to feed. Even if you are planning out, well, my entire meal for the week, if you've got 13 kids plus the, the mum and the dad, 15 mouths to feed, even if you plan the fucking week, get all your two-for-one offers, all that fucking bollocks, eat every, every scrap, every last morsel of that plate. That's still fucking 13 families to feed. <laughs> 13, 15, 15 mouths to feed, which is more expensive than feeding four, five, six, whatever the fucking number is. Like, that is... It's, even if they all had one grain of rice a day, <laughs> like, it's... It doesn't, make, it doesn't, make, doesn't make any fucking sense. That's, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I didn't, I, I didn't, I don't disagree with you, but, and again, this was a few years ago when I was talking to him, but when he explained it all. Also, now now he's got like 17 kids. Yeah, everything he said to me was, it made, okay, not perfect sense, because I still think he's an absolute nutcase for having 13 kids. Yeah, I get it. But it just kind of, I was just like, yeah, all right, I can kind of see what, I kind of see what you're saying. And he yeah, just said, it, he said you just, we're just super smart with money. We're super careful. Like I said to you, he said, it's like, it's all two for one stuff. We don't have to buy any, we don't buy clothes. Like he said, yeah, all we pay extra for is food, gas, electric, stuff like that. He said, but we're just like really smart with it. I was like, all right, fair enough. All, all we pay extra for are the basic bills that we have to pay every <laughs> single month. <laughs> anyway, it's, my point was being, my point was being, <laughs> yeah, once, you're down, once you're down six nil, who cares if it's 12 nil? But it does matter. That tenth, that ten, that double digit, it does matter. It does matter. I, I, wonder, I wonder if the... Um, imagine if the Rangers come down to a goal difference fucking split for the playoffs. And it's like, oh, now you were, you, you were one down, so you're going to miss the playoffs because you didn't, score any, you didn't score any goals in that third period when you probably could have scored another two. I hope so. Fingers crossed. They should, have, they should be punished for not, for not trying to score any goals in that third period. Yeah. Uh, I've got to mention this. I somebody uh, got in touch on Twitter at D Zorak. Uh, I listened to the show last week about our Ralph Kruger talk, and he uh, he posted a video about when Ralph Kruger was at Southampton, took his team ice skating for a fun day out, which to people listening to this show would sound like a really fun day out because I'm assuming everybody listening to the show can skate or at least skate partially. These players couldn't skate. And some of them were falling over the whole time. And it looked really, really, really dangerous. And I just kept waiting for one of them to, like, blow an ACL or get a concussion. And I've not, on the back of that, I was kind of surprised he didn't decide to take the Sabres bullfighting or something, just as a team build, just to get that spirit up. Fucking ice skating, Fuck. and you can't skate. What the fuck are you thinking? The, the running of the bulls. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> fucking Dylan Cousins just gets gored. Like, oh, oh well. It's a, we had a good time, though, didn't we, guys? <laughs> Who who was even on that Saints team when Kruger was was in charge? Uh, like Aldo Weirold was there, Wanyama was there. It was around that time. So like that was when they were good. You know they weren't a bad team. They were like a decent team. Meanwhile, fucking like you should see this video. Ralphie boy skating around like he's fucking Lemieux, <laughs> like in his prime, and everyone else just looks like Bambi on ice. They just can't it's, even it, stand up. It's that episode of the American Office where Michael Scott's like full full geared up. 
Or they're taking over a host gate and they're all like in their suits yeah. and stuff, holding yeah. on to the edge and he's spraying ice at a fucking Victor Wanyama. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to mention, uh, only because this is off the back of a seemingly a goalless situation going on in Toronto right now, and with the talk of Friend Anderson being done and it's Jack Campbell's net and blah, 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 somebody made a really good point that, and we always talk about obviously the goalie position being voodoo and you never know what's going to happen. And the proof was. Somebody mentioned that if you think about the last four Stanley Cup winning goalies, they've all had different situations thrust upon them. So Shit, last yeah. season, last season Vasilevsky never missed a single minute, never got pulled, played every single second of every single game, and was phenomenal. A true, a true A grade, world class goalie performance. Year before is Binnington, playing in the AHL, six months in, comes in out of nowhere, completely steals it as a rookie. Season before that, Braden Holtby, long-time guy, played in the league for years, always considered to be really good, loses his job for the playoffs, is going to be kind of out, talked about getting traded. The, I can't even remember who the backup was then that came in, but the Capitals' was backup... Phoenix Copley, was it? Or fucking... Oh, it could have been Copley. Good shout, good shout, could have been. Holtby comes in after the second game, after losing his job, wins his job back, and then you could argue wins the Stanley Cup. I still think about that save all the time in, against Vegas when it was like third period late on, and I just I screamed out loud at the save made the uh, the paddle save. And then the oh, season yeah, before yeah. that is Murray and Flurry going as a tandem, where they just seemingly kept chopping and changing every game. You never knew who's going to be in goal, and that alone, that alone proves what we've said for the longest time. I thought it was just a, a really little kind of interesting wrinkle to the uh, to the goalie conversations. Yeah, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to uh, yeah to see how that sort of evolves there. Yeah, especially seemingly loads of goalies have come in this year and just started, I don't know, just appeared out of nowhere. I wonder if a rookie goalie is going to have that run this year that he's going to do it. I'm looking at Minnesota. That's kind of who I've got my eye on because they've probably got the two the two Calder fight, like the, the two sort of frontrunners for the Calder right there in Kaprizov and their goalie. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know if I'd want to tip any any sense of the scales towards uh you know the wild going to the final but fucking fucking who knows especially in, in this kind of season like how how the playoffs are going to stack up is going to be really interesting and especially well if the referees are making dodgy calls look at that people that is how you circle the show that's how you leave you leave on a high note will any last words it's like one of those gifts with the with the fucking perfect loop we like may how'd you do that that was beautiful <laughs> it's like those ones that Micah posts all the time, like the mathematical ones where it's just shapes morphing into each other and then going back to the original shape. That's what that was then. <laughs> Actually, one of his one of his personalised um, spirographs. <laughs> yeah, again, like the guy in The Simpsons who sits in that fucking warehouse drawing spirographs all day. <laughs> Good. Shout out, Micah. Multiple, we love you. Multiple Simpsons references as well. What more could we ask for? Yeah, there you go. All right, folks. Will any last words? I'm 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 done. I've I'm I'm all out of words. That's my word quote for the day. Is all out of words. Pray for Will, everybody. Uh, full time man, baby in the house, three year old doesn't <laughs> want to sleep. Full time, full time man. Full time man. You are full time man. Full time man. Fucking never take a day off. No days off, Leverett. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>